Are you an entrepreneur looking to have your business grow with a little help from the internet? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Pack. Hey, Glenn, welcome today to Harness the Web. And I just wanted to uh, give people a sense more down to earth of what you do. So if you ran into someone in an elevator and you had a few minutes to give them your pitch, what would that be? Well, my pitch would be that I'm a, I do 45 minute business turnarounds. Uh, I help business owners identify money that they're leaving on the table and help them bring that into their business in 30 to 90 days without spending any money on advertising or marketing. That's pretty amazing. How do you, how do you even like approach that? Is that a system you have or is it? Yes, uh, I'm one of uh, a number of coaches, a very small group of coaches that has some proprietary software called the Profit Acceleration Software. And that tool allows me to go in and look at up to 40 different aspects of a business and find the areas and the gaps in their business that need to be closed. And uh, to do 40 of them takes, it's much more intensive, but uh, generally in 45 minutes, I, I have never not found at least $100,000. As a matter of fact, I had this one customer and we're getting ready to re-engage with them right now. And uh, this customer came to me and it was owned by three 28-year-old guys. And they hired me as a matter of fact, they, they told me this after they cut the check to me, they said, we hired you because you have gray hair and we don't. And <laughs> interestingly enough, my nephew, who's a hairstylist on the Magnificent Mile here in Chicago, uh, we asked him one day, you know, should I color my hair? And he said, well, Uncle Glenn, for what you do, you should have gray hair. So I go see him once a month and he touches me up and makes sure that I'm gray so that what I do, I nice. have some, you know, years of experience. Well, if you believe that, I've got some land for sale for you uh, down. I think Swampland in Florida is pretty <laughs> popular. Uh, but uh, this one customer of mine, these three 28-year-old guys, I sat down with them. In about five minutes, I found $55,000. And I gave him an assignment. I didn't, we talked about other things then because I said, it's obvious that there's plenty of opportunity here. I want you to, to take and create a spreadsheet, put it on a piece of paper. I don't care how you do it, but I wanted you to go and to dive into all in this particular area of your business and find what else is missing. And I came back a week later and, it, and their revenue at the time was $125,000. A week later, we had identified, they had identified, they followed the assignment, about $650,000 of opportunity. Four months after we started working with them, they were $340,000 in revenue. One year after that, they were $1.3 million. Today, they're sitting at about $6 million, and they really found some good niches that they work in. So that's just one example of identifying some of the gaps and it really there was three areas we have a five-step profit formula 
more leads, more conversions, more transactions, higher prices, and more profit. In their case, I didn't have to deal with five different areas. I really worked on three of those areas. And that's what really propelled their business forward. And I, you know, I think it's pretty good going from uh, $128,000 in your first eight months of business to 340, to 1.3 million to 6 yeah. million. I think that's a, you know, that's a fair movement in any business. Definitely. Um, it would seem like that would actually cause additional problems. It did. <laughs> it did. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, probably about four or five months into the uh, project with them, it became apparent that they had a mismatch with one of their partners. He just wasn't the right fit for their business. And it was a bold move, but at the meeting, I just said, you know, I just turned to him and I said, you know, I don't understand why every time we meet, you're telling these other two guys how wrong they are and you're very negative. What's going on? They bought him out. Um, he wanted to fire me on the spot, but you know, he, they, the other two realized that they had the wrong person in there. And it was very painful because they were college buddies and they yeah. still don't talk with each other. So yeah, that would be, that would be difficult. Um, I've often thought that college is a time when people have affinity for each other, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily share lifelong values. Yeah, yeah. And and these guys, not only were they college buddies, they went to church together. So it was kind of a challenge. So they had so, some additional values. To, yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, what, while we have five different steps to a process, we've got dozens of different strategies that we use. And I put eight of them in a book called The 45-Minute Business Breakthroughs. And, uh, and how I find a hundred grand in any business in 45 minutes. And uh, you're welcome, any, your listeners, if they'd like a copy, they can just put it in uh, the chat or I'll put my email address in there, however you want to do that. Yeah. And uh, they can certainly get a copy of that. Yeah, most of the people who will listen to this will listen to the replay. So um, what's an, e an easy way for you to for you, for them to get to you to get that information. Yeah, I'll just put my email address in there. They can just drop me a line, and we'll send okay. them a, a copy. Yeah, that's great. fine. Yeah, that's great. Um, and is that your core? Is that the beginning of your core product? That is the beginning. Yes. Uh, I also, um, depending on the size of the business, uh, I I've hooked up with um, a tax strategy group and. This has been very helpful for my customers. Uh, and basically most small business owners, and um, it could be a, it could be somebody making six million bucks a year, it could be 50 million, it doesn't really matter. The, there's tax strategies out there that really, the whole code is written for the entrepreneur and for business. I mean, that's the primary uh, purpose of it. And, and so one of my customers uh, actually introduced me to the tax strategist. He asked me to sit in on a meeting to see if this guy was legit. And uh, after the meeting, I did some research and, into what he was talking about. 
And ironically, for my own client, he saved them uh, about $100,000 on his taxes. And that'll happen as long as the tax code doesn't get tweaked too much here in the coming, coming weeks and months and years. Um, that will be something that can go forward. And so that understanding the tax strategies, I, I was even talking on Friday, I was having coffee with a CPA. And I was talking to him about one specific strategy. And I said to him, why, you know, do you use this strategy? No, why not? And he said, well, I don't know how to use it. Therein lies the problem. A tax strategist plays at a much higher level. I mean, this group has attorneys behind them. They, you know, they're into it. And uh, you, you have to have the right structure for your business. You have the right systems in place to protect yourself. And you have to have the right documentation. And once you have those things in play, because um, I asked, I said, well, how many audits do you guys trigger because of this? No, we don't never trigger audits because of this, but when we do have audits and this ever gets questioned, our, the attorneys step in and they show the code and they show what the customer did to document it. They show how it's in their bylaws and boom, whammo. And so I'll give you one quick strategy if that's all right. Sure. Yeah. So there's a, there's a uh, piece of, uh, it's called the rent rule or the Eisenhower rule. President Eisenhower was golfing at Augusta. It's also called the Augusta rule. And the people at Augusta were renting their homes. And now back in the 50s and early 60s, if you remember, you know, Augusta was an exclusive club and people that lived on the property, they would rent their homes out to the pros, to analysts, to all sorts of people. What they found out is that they had to report that income for that week for the masters on their tax return. In those days, the tax rates were very high. They're much higher than what they are today. And so what ended up happening is they might rent their house for, let's just use the example, they rent it for $10,000 and they pay 80% in taxes and they get 2000 bucks. In the meantime, they're personally displaced. Yeah. So the president's golfing and these guys are complaining about it. And he said, well, I think I can work on, on that. He actually was involved in penning the law himself, which is pretty unheard of, but he penned the law that you can rent your personal property for up to 15 days without reporting it as taxable income. So for the business owner in the Chicagoland area, there's a certain calculation. Well, around the country, there's a calculation. So business owners, could rent their own property to their business for the purposes of conducting business, i.e. Um, tax, let's say you're doing your annual quarterly planning or your annual planning. Yeah. You can cut a check out of your business 14 times a year and it's non-reportable on your personal turn and fully deductible on the business. So I think you just answered the question I have is that you can rent that the 15 days that's 14 15, 14 days yeah once you hit 15 it triggers okay so 14 days you can rent it 14 days a single time but you could rent it multiple 14 days you rent it to yourself for your business up to 14 times so uh, you, each month you do a planning meeting out of your house. You might invite your team. If you have a team, if you don't, then 
you're doing that yourself, you're working on it, you're documenting that properly as to what you did, you're taking minutes um, and you bonus yourself twice a year because you hold a semi-annual, what you do, whatever year. Yeah, yeah. You have to do 14 times. You don't have to do 14 times, but let me just tell you what the numbers are. Yeah. In Chicago, it's $3 to $5 a square foot. And you're not renting your office, you're renting the house. So if you have a 3,000 square foot house, you're cutting yourself a check for $9,000 14 times a year. Well, that's $108,000 that you moved out of your business to yourself and it's non-taxable and it's non-reportable. Non so those two things. That strategy is just one that most accountants don't employ. And it takes a strategist to know how to do it. And that's, you know, the smart accountants will work with a tax strategist, like a lawyer or something to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but most accountants are very, very conservative. I, and I will say, because I'm an old accountant and um, that was my background. I was a CFO for a couple of companies and um, I would tend to lean to the conservative end, you know. There's a whole bunch of other strategies that one can employ in their business that will save them a lot of money. And that's typically what happens. You use them in combinations. And then prior to the current president being in play, the question that we would always ask is, you think taxes are going up or going down in the future? Well, the current president said they're going to go up. Now, while he says it's only for the people making $400,000 or more, who knows when the code, you know, gets yeah. written, you know, when, once they figure out that, you know, they want to spend $7 trillion, which is, it's, I, I can't even think about how many zeros that is in the numbers. And it, it's just a number that's just yeah, it's too a, big to believe. Right. Yeah. You know, and somebody's got to pay for it. But that's not what we're here for, to have a discussion on what the federal government does. It's the discussion is how do we, how can you as a business owner use that? And if you're, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can take advantage of that, that's great. And, you know, I've seen cases, I mean, this group has collectively done over 6,000 clients uh, strategies and helped them that way. And I've met other accountants that, that get it. I mean, it's not like, not disparaging accountants that, you know, to being total idiots on this thing, because there are those that, you know, I've run across over the, the last, um, you know, year that I, they are like, oh yeah, that's, you know, we use it all the time for our clients. The, the question that one of my CPA friends has when, cause she's actually gone through this for herself personally, I introduced her to the strategist. She goes, how am I gonna tell my clients that I haven't been using this with them and it's cost them millions of dollars. Because you can't go back and change it, you know, it yeah, yeah. has to happen. And, uh, and, and I said, well, the tax code is tens of thousands of pages. You can't possibly know it all. And you go to training and you get trained and then you figure out what to do with the training. Discovered something new. Yeah, yeah. And if the client doesn't like it and they want to fire you, well, maybe that wasn't the right client for you anyway, but, you know, it's learning is, is a lifelong venture. So <laughs> the interesting thing is, so if the client fires her, now they go to a new account, 
who doesn't know anything about it, I mean, they're actually just starting the whole process over again. Or right. They have to go to the right, you know, group that understands it. And so, but that's another aspect of it that is a, a it's really one of the ways to help a client identify, you know, if I can show a client how to do this, you know, and introduce them to our, to the tax strategist and stuff. Um, I mean, then that's all of a sudden, now they're not taxed on, you know, they, they had a hundred grand more in their pocket. That's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially if I'm the one showing it to them, you know, so, um, you know, from the perspective of, you know, my objective is to help a business owner make more money and keep more of what they make. Yeah, makes pretty, sense. Pretty, makes pretty simple. Sense. Yeah. You know, and uh, the government gives you those things, right or wrong, but they give yeah. them to you, so you got to take advantage of them. Well, you know, what? what's kind of funny over the last, you know, five years, we've heard, you know, we need to get Donald Trump's tax return. You think he doesn't have the best tax lawyers out there? Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it okay, what are you going to find? Oh, well, he only paid this much in taxes. But may, and, and I'm not, again, this is not a political statement. This is, I don't care anybody that's making a lot of money like him. If they don't have the best tax strategists working for them, because they're, they're in business. Why? They're not a charity. They want to keep as much as they can within the law. So that's, uh, you can guarantee yourself that, you know, any, anybody that is worth their salt is doing that kind of thing. So. Yeah. So you could, you could just substitute different names. You could say Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Whoever and put yeah. them in there and they're doing the same thing. Exactly. They're just taking advantage of the law. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's not loopholes. It's the law. It's not a loophole in the law if the law is written that way. So like in the tax, in this whole thing with the rent rule, that is the law. They just know how to use it. Somebody has said to me once, yeah, but that was written for the people at Augusta. And I said, did you know the tax law is written for everybody? Not just the people at Augusta? So... Why can't you take advantage of that? You know, now and, the next thing I'll know there's somebody knocking at my door, you know, hi, we're the IRS, we're here to help you. <laughs> it just, that just popped into my head. Um, anyways, another, another thought from uh, my, when I was, when I was much early, much younger, um, I worked for a, a corporation that was like a holding company. We were, I would call us an operating holding company. And it was a joke. There wasn't, there was only a few of us, fortunately, in the holding company. So it was like, hey, I'm from corporate and we're here to help you. It was like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Anyways. Um, yeah. So tell me, how do you use the internet to support your business? Do you use it to generate new leads? Do you what do you use it for? Yeah, I use it to generate leads and to find new clients, and um, uh, I use it to create connections. Uh, to you know, so I let's see, last week started working with somebody in Australia, and uh, 
we'd never met personally. We've talked on the phone, we've done Zoom meetings uh-huh. and um, we're working together on a project. And uh, I generally stay within the confines of the US, but the internet allows us to reach out beyond that. Now I'm a little careful because of the, there's some certain rules that you have to comply with internationally that that's why I prefer to just stay within the US because I don't want to, you know, I got enough on my plate to not have to worry about violating some rule that's going to charge me 10 grand in penalties per occurrence or something like that, you know. Um, But yeah, I have a, you know, client in Hawaii right now. I've had clients all over the US from the East Coast to the West Coast. I actually about, this is probably about, uh, oh, eight, nine years ago, I took my business virtual. And uh, I only meet with clients pretty much uh, on occasion if there's somebody local that it's a client and I, I'll have coffee with them or something. But I generally uh, will do virtual coffees. And I met somebody probably about five, six years ago. And I asked her, I said, you know, how many appointments are you running a week? And she goes, well, I have two appointment setters that also function as screeners when somebody gets on a call prior to getting on a call with me. And I run 40 appointments a week. I'm looking at her going, how in the world do you do that? She goes, I have a system. I have two appointment setters, <laughs> they're the key, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not chasing and I get referrals. And, and so with my business, um, I know my numbers. There's a thing called the buyer's journey. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the buyer's journey is, um, to, um, less than 1% are now buyers. So people might be looking and investigating, and then they, once they kind of investigated what they want to buy, then they might want to move to, who am I going to buy it from? But those people that are actually out there looking for something, you know, there's less than 1%. So it's a numbers game. So if I go out on LinkedIn and I reach out to 600, these are my actual numbers. I reach out to 600 business coaches if I'm looking for business coaches to work with me because I'll help them build their business. Um, 300 of them will connect with me. 30 will set appointments with me and three will become clients. So of those 300 that actually connected over a 30 day period, those three, three, one percent will become my clients. Now, some would say that's a horrible conversion rate. Ah, that's just the beginning. The others end up going into a drip campaign. And over time, they will circle back. Yeah. I've had somebody that mm, three years in the, in the funnel and they popped out, you know, and hey, let's buy. I want to buy. I'm ready. Um, and so it's about building a relationship over time, but that less than 1% is ready to buy now. And that holds true. I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they were at 2%, which is pretty phenomenal. And, uh, and they had this whole funnel system and the guy I started working with last week, we've been talking for four or five years. And so, you know, it's a long time. You kind of go, well, it just depends if you're a hunter and you've got to have that kill right now to survive. Well, that's one thing. 
But if you're looking at a long-term play where you have people coming to you and raising their hands, kind of if think of it as a stoplight, you know, most people are red. And then they, over time, they might be, some of them will become yellow and then some of them will become green. So it's a process. There are some always, and, and a good example of this now buyers, um, a couple of years ago, my wife and I had started talking. I had a, a Nissan Murano and I had uh, about 200,000 miles on it. We started talking. It's about time to replace this car. And that was probably thinking at that time, we'll replace it next summer. And so we're about a year thinking. Uh, in the fall of that year, we had done a bunch of trips and we were at about 250000 on the car. And my son asked if he could borrow the car. And he had an accident and it totaled the car. We instantly became now buyers. Yeah. We were on the buyer's journey, but we, boom, fast track. We bought six months earlier than we planned. So uh, it probably one of the best stories I can think of to, to move instantly from here we are to now we're buying. We, we yeah. needed a car because my wife had decided uh, her company had uh, spun off and now she's working at home. And we were like, well, we don't really need two cars because wherever we go, we go to, you know, generally go, you know, together. I'll go to coffee with friends and stuff and she'll do the same. But, you know, it's not like we have to have two cars in the driveway. So... Yeah, it's interesting that um, it, uh, anyways, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, so you, you like LinkedIn and, yes. and, and then the people who don't, who aren't buyers now, initially, what, what do you use to, to what kind of a system are you use to, to rip them emails? Well, um, it depends if they raise their hand and I, I'll move them into an email system. I use a tool from a guy named Josh Turner out of St. Louis. Josh is probably one of the foremost LinkedIn selling people, you know, uh, system people. And so I use one of his tools. And sometimes I use my uh, AWeber, you know, depends on where they're at in the flow. You know, they'll go into Josh's thing first. Uh, you know, I use that tool. And then eventually, if they raise their hands, then I'll move them into my AWeber system that has drip campaigns that are much more advanced. Um, the, the piece I use with Josh, and I'm not saying I use it right. I'm just saying that that's a, a way to move people into email pretty quickly that don't raise their hands and, uh, and not get it too offensive, if you will. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I always think it's great when uh, you hear back from people who are getting those kind of emails from you mm -hmm. and they respond as if you're asking them personal questions, like you had sent it personally. Right. And they get back to you, oh, I'm sorry I didn't reach out to you. You know, the dog got hit by a car and they're making up excuses of why they took so long to get back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and, and sometimes I do the same thing, you know, I mean, sometimes I get busy and, you know, I don't look at, uh, you know, my unread emails often enough on LinkedIn and 
if that's how they're coming in. And Lord knows how many emails you get in your regular email box every day. Yeah. You know, so. Um, that's cool. Do you set that same kind of thing up for your clients? Um, I have. I have done that with some of my clients as well. Um, the, you know, you got to stay in your lane. And I, I will teach clients how to do that as well if they choose. Uh, but that's not where I make my bread and butter, if you will. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm actually working right now on building out a whole uh, new referral system that would include um, uh, a way to integrate that into that platform where I have people that I know, like, and trust that are experts at that, that I can bring into the to the play. So like, I'm not a graphics designer, so I have a graphics person. Yeah. And um, while we have in our, in our system, um, I have a member site and in the member site, I got a million dollars worth of advertising for about 130 different business types. And uh, some of them are more robust than others, but uh, I'm not the one that's going to be tweaking the graphics for clients if they want to use some of that marketing material. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Glenn, what about frustrations you have or have had in the past with using the internet? Well, I got put in Facebook jail last February. Uh, that was a frustration. Uh, and it was ironic. It happened the day after President's Day. And I had at the time I was doing a 90 day challenge for clients. So we're, we had a, a private Facebook group that they could join. And, uh, and I um, had posted in there quotes from presidents and I recorded quotes from presidents. And, you know, with what's going on in our country today, I don't know what in the world happened, but I got shut down for a week in Facebook jail. And the only thing we could think that put me there was, because they don't tell you. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. it was locked out for a week. The only thing we could think of is it happened the day after I, I was quoting presidents. And, you know, George Washington, he had like 375 slaves, uh, slaves on his plantation. And, you know, Thomas Jefferson had his, his slaves. And I was quoting different early presidents and later presidents. And I just got smacked. You know? That would be a frustration because I, how, I wasn't. I was quoting them because I think that there were good messages to apply to business, and yeah. that was my objective. But uh, the other frustration, let's see, you know, I think some of the productivity tools that have been developed that are banned from use on some of the platforms are. I, I, you know, I wish they had a little more openness to it. Um, at one time, some of the platforms allowed you to do, use certain productivity tools, and then they decided to close those portals um, to do that, and makes it a little more difficult. And the reason they're doing it is they want you to advertise and spend the advertising dollars. And, yeah. And that I would say that, you know, I mean, I have on my business page about, I don't know, somewhere close to 50,000 people on my business page on Facebook. Um, 
and I've gotten very, you know, I haven't gotten a ton of business out of that per se. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why is that? Maybe I don't work it enough or whatever, but it takes, you know, you either have to have systems or you have to have people to do all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you can do a little bit by yourself every day. Um, you but find, it's, it, go ahead. And you find that with Facebook, the Facebook thing you're doing, that you use it more really to educate people mm -hmm. or like that than the effort you're putting on LinkedIn? Yeah, the now LinkedIn uh, has really taken a step in the right direction with uh, their live feed now. You know, you have to use certain, they, they require you to use certain tools to do that. Yeah. And uh, I'm in the process of moving in that direction so that I can do one broadcast that goes out to multiple platforms at one time. And yeah. uh, there are tools out there to do that. But having the right tools and knowing how to use them effectively. And uh, I was on a podcast though, last month with a friend of mine that um, he does a, a morning podcast every day at 8 a.m. And he takes two weeks off a year that he's not doing it. It's around the holidays. Um, and we were talking after the show and he's he's been using certain tools and his thing gets put on like 15 platforms simultaneously. And uh, he has to use a tool to do that. You know, it's um, is it a video? Is it a video um, podcast? Or yeah, audio yeah, or video yeah. Video? It's a video, but it, those that are like uh, Apple iTunes or whatever, yeah. it just takes the the audio from that, posts that over there, and yeah, I have one of those for for the audio portion. Okay, and it I used to do it. The it was an old fashioned way to do it, which took a lot of effort, and mm -hmm. now. All I do is I upload it to this one tool and it's done. Yeah. Everybody, as a matter of fact, it signed me up for all these platforms. I didn't even, I'd never heard of before. Wow. And Isn't it, it, aren't we just running at the fastest pace on technology advancements for productivity tools like that? Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, when you look at solving people's problems, business problems with technology, it's almost like, hey, I know yesterday I told you this couldn't be done, but today there's multiple ways to do it. Yeah, I actually, um, I'm working on my story, you know, and so the best way to do it is to record it. And so, you know how things, it's, I'll tell you the mystery of, of uh, Facebook is if you say potatoes, you'll start seeing potatoes on your feed. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, okay, I, you know, tell me we're not being spied on. And uh, all of a sudden, I got this converting tool that you do the recording into this app, and it converts it to text right away, because this one step that I'm doing is not only recording it, but also putting it in text, like we'll, you'll see in the uh, feed for like my bio. Yeah. Um, and if I, I would, in the past, I would hire somebody from Fiverr to do that. Well, I don't, I got it right on my app now, you know, yeah. it's. How accurate do you find that? I, 
I haven't used it yet. I just, okay. <laughs> it popped up over the weekend and I said, oh, I have to have this done on Monday. So I may as well download it and try it, you know. And even if it's like 80% accurate or 85, I would think it's probably closer to 90, 95, but I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I know if I say something, you know, to Siri when I'm driving, it's interesting what you get, you know. Um, you, you, you know, even I was Googling something the other day and uh, using Siri to do it on my phone. And I, I don't know what in the world it came up with, but maybe I mumble or something. Who knows? <laughs> it's, um, it's funny when, you know, the, the AI tools that are out there, um, they, uh, those, it's interesting how the artificial intelligence, what it assumes the answer is. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot different than what you thought it would be. Well, about two years ago, I think, um, I think Apple was testing something and I'm, I'm sure it's still in the works and it was AI. So, um, trying to think if it was the it was a tool that was a like a, a, a they were pitching it like a, a secretary or something like that and people would call in and ask questions and it would you know respond with the right answer and you know of course many chat and things like that have been used for that for a number of years where you know you answer a question in your messenger or wherever you use that tool and it takes you down a tree, you know, a path. So which do you like better, oranges or bananas? And you say bananas and it takes you to bananas. And, you know, there are 35 different uh, varieties of bananas and these are the sweet ones and these are the tart ones, whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and so it, it's a gathering tool to really create conversation. And people are smart to them now. I mean, you know, uh, you get these uh, auto dialers that, you know, drive me batty, you know, uh, or, you know, the one person that, that for sure I get a call from every day uh, when nobody else calls me is the warranty guy for my car. So. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the one that your son had the accident with. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I don't want to tell them, don't call me because I, what if nobody calls me then? You know, I've got to have somebody to talk to. You just, they verify that your phone works. <laughs> you know, so Glenn, what's an action step that you could give people, you know, someone who's listening to this today who says, hey, I want to take more advantage of the internet. I want to take some advantage of the internet. Um They've been reluctant in the past, but now they've heard you talk about it and think that, hey, maybe this would be a good idea, this internet thing. Maybe it is around to stay. It is here, you know, to stay. Um, what's an action step that you could give them to get them started on their journey? Well, connecting with people is is probably where you start. I mean, the the first thing is to connect with people. And now with COVID, I can tell you that there's been a lot of noise out there and it's been much harder to get people to engage because they're engaging, you know, they're smattering. I mean, I'm getting college students wanting to connect with me and um, I'm, I have some, some guidelines for myself that I use. If you don't have a photo, I'm not connecting with you. Yeah. 
you know, if you can't do that little step, I'm not connecting with you. But um, setting up a group would be a good way to do it or joining groups. Um, there's a coach that I'm personal friends with, uh, one of our coaches. We have 900 coaches in our group uh, from 25 countries. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to make good friends with a few of them. And this one guy out of London, uh, he has a niche that he's in and he never quote markets, but he's marketing all the time. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? So he looks for his target market. And if somebody has a group that has 50, 500,000, you know, 50,000, 500,000 members, he joins the group. He never promotes himself, but he always answers questions. So if somebody puts a question out there, a problem, he'll respond to that problem. He's got a whole system of how to create a lot of looks at a string. So if he had answered that same question six months ago, he'll point that person to that particular um, comment because he wants to have more and more. He wants people to keep seeing it because, it, oh man, this was posted like five years ago. This guy must know what he's talking about. And then people raise their hand and he just says, well, hey, why don't we just jump on a 15 minute, you know, call or whatever. And I've seen this used by a couple of our coaches very effectively. And, um, and so you have to start. So joining a group. Now, here's where the groups get spammy. A lot of people go in there and they pitch their garbage. You know, I'm saying that, you know, because pitching in groups is not good form. And Pitching in general is not good form. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if somebody asks you, so, you know, I throw, they ask me what, you know, what do you do? Um, I used to love going to networking events and people would say, so, you know, I'd say, what do you do? And they say, well, I'm a real estate agent. I said, okay, I don't need that. You didn't attract me, you know, yeah. um, uh, you didn't tell me anything that wowed me, you know, or I'm an accountant. Okay. I checked that off. I don't need you, you know, um, unless I do. And then that's, that's different. But again, buyer's journey, I'm not looking. You know, but if somebody, if I, if I tell them I do 45 minute business turnarounds and I've done hundreds of them and they'll look at me and they'll go, well, what's that? And I'll say, well, in 45 minutes or less, I can help any business find at least hundred grand. Really? How do you do that? And I said, well, tell you what, I'd like to meet some other people and I'm sure you would too. Why don't we set a time up right now and we'll do a call and we'll see if we can find you money in your business. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's a matter of, so what can they do to get going on the internet, on like uh, social media and things? You, you got to look at your profile. You got to have a stunning, you got to have a reason for people to want you to, to reach out to you. You need to start reaching out to people to connect with them in your target market. So if your target market is my friend in London, his target market, auto detailers. An interesting market. Yeah. Yeah. And all he needed was one success and his business has exploded because auto detailers are looking for a way to get clients. And he can show them in a week how to move their business from where they are to where they want to be. 
And so if you, you need to have ability to get a quick result for somebody when they raise their hand, and that's what he's been able to do. So start looking at groups, start connecting with people, have a good tight message. I'm actually working on my message to even tighten it up more. Um, and, uh, and, and that'll be coming out shortly. Um, Got to finish it up today. That's one of my uh, tasks. Oh, cool. So, um, cool. and of course it's, uh, you know, I've been using the same one for a number of years and uh, it's not that it doesn't work. I just, you know, it, I want to take it to another level. So uh, that's what I'm after doing. Yeah. Um, and pick your platform that you want to be an expert at. You know, if it's LinkedIn, because I'm coaching business owners, LinkedIn's a great one for me. It doesn't mean they're not on Facebook, just they're a little more hidden to some degree. But there's a lot of them there. I mean, you have a group, you invite people to the group, you know, you keep building your business. You might have the same name for group on LinkedIn that you do on Facebook. Uh, a variety of different tricks and trick, you know, things you can do. Yeah. But this has been great, you know, the things you've shared with us today. Um, now, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? You can shoot me an email really easily. That's an easy way to do it. Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at peak, P-E-A-K, G-P.com. And I'll put that in the feed here as well. Make it easy that way. Um, you can go to my website as well. And you can actually download an interview that you see in my magazine over my shoulder, mm -hmm. Business Breakthroughs Magazine. They interviewed me on my book. So we've got that. Oh, wow. You can get a copy of that. Um, and, uh, but I'll put both of those, my, my uh, website that you can take a look at. I've got a couple of different websites. I'm going to put the one that's got that free, uh, free book on it or free magazine uh, that you can download. I'll put them both in here. And uh, those are great ways to get in touch with me. Cool. Well, um, Glenn, I really want to uh, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your sharing uh, lots of things that have helped you and maybe could help someone else. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me and reaching out to me. And you and I have become friends now. So yeah. that's what it's all about. Amazing. Thanks so much for listening to Harness the Web with your host, Steve Fack. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit HarnessTheWeb.net. We'll see you next time.